0: Well, good morning. It's lovely to see each and every one in the house of the Lord this morning. We'll take our hymn books. We'll turn to the psalm section, Psalm 46. Psalm 46, beginning on page 42. The first version of it, we'll sing together, God is our refuge and our strength in straits of present aid. Therefore, although the earth remove, we will not be afraid. The Psalm 46, we'll stand together as we sing, please. still ourselves in God's presence, even as that verse 10 says, to be still and to know that he is God, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God in heaven, we bow before thee, and we do thank thee and praise thee this day that we are coming before the great God of heaven and of earth. We do thank Thee and we praise Thee, O God, this day that the Lord is our eternal refuge. The Lord is our refuge and our strength. He is at present help, even in trouble. We thank Thee, O God, even for the glorious truth that is found time and again in that Psalm that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And Father, we do thank Thee and praise Thee this day for our safety and for the joy of being in Christ. We thank thee, O God, this day that we come before a living God. We come before a true God. We come before a good God. We thank thee that thy righteousness endureth forever. We thank thee and we praise thee, O God, that art thrice holy. We do rejoice in this. We rejoice in thy perfection. We glory, O God, this day in the joy that we have in knowing that our God is without sin. Our God has no sin within him. He cannot sin. We praise thee for the perfection. We praise thee, O God, for thy love and thy mercy even towards us. We thank thee this day for each one that is saved, that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We have nothing of ourselves. We are filthy rags. And yet this day we have the garments of salvation upon us. O Father, we come into thy presence. We are thankful for this another Lord's Day. We are thankful for thy mercies upon us. We are thankful, O God, that we are here in thy house. Thou hast brought us safely to this point once again, and we praise thee for thy faithfulness. We lift up our Ebenezer's. We confess that the Lord hath helped us. We confess that thou hast been good. Thou hast been merciful unto us another week. We praise thee for thy presence with us. We praise thee for the wisdom of God that has been given unto us, for the help of God in every situation. In every setting that we have found ourselves in, we can say the Lord has helped. The Lord has been with us. And Father, even today we look to thee afresh that thou wilt be with us. We look to thee, O God, that thou presence thyself amongst us. That the Spirit of God will brood over this gathering this day. That this will be a blessed time in the house of the Lord. That this will be a blessed time around the things of God. That we will not be distracted by any other activity or any other thought or Decision or any other memory, but O oh God, at this day our minds will be stayed upon Jehovah, that we will be fixed upon the Lord. O oh, Father, remember us for good. We thank Thee for the Sabbath school, the Bible class that has already taken place this morning. We thank Thee, O oh God, for Thy hand upon the children, upon the young people, and especially upon Thy servants who have ministered unto them. O oh, Father, bless that word to hearts. Bless that word, O oh God, to the youngest, right to the oldest. Speak, O God, to their little hearts. Draw them savingly unto thyself. O God, early in life, that they will realize that they are sinners. Early in life, that they will realize that they need to be saved. And early in life, that they will realize that Christ is the only one who can save them. O Father, bless in this morning time together. Bless as the book is opened. Bless as, as it is read and expounded. O Father, even in the gospel this day, we pray for the power of God to be evident in the preaching we pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us and we pray O God for souls to be saved O Lord remember the needs of each and every one especially the spiritual need O God Father we pray that this day will be the day of salvation this day will be the crowning day in their lives when Christ comes in and Christ cleanses them from all sin O Father remember us as well as we come around the Lord's table Oh, what a blessing it is as a child of God to be here, to be around the house or around the table of the Lord. And Father, we pray for that time, that it will be blessed and owned of God as we remember the Lord's death until he come. Oh, Father, bless every individual. Bless every family, every home represented. We're mindful as well of those who can't be with us today. Oh, Father, remember those who are away. Watch over them. Keep them safe, O oh God. Bring them back in safety. Remember those that are laid aside with sickness. O oh God, strengthen them in their bodies. Encourage them in their hearts. Remember those in hospital, Lord. we are mindful again of our brother Eric. O oh God, that I will touch thy child. That I will raise him to strength once again. Undertake for him. Remember those of our elderly. Unable to join with us anymore. Lord, bless them in their own homes. Bless them, O oh God, in nursing homes. O Father, watch over each and every one. We're thankful that, O God, thou dost not forget any of thy people. Thou dost not allow any of them to be plucked out of thy hand. O Father, be near to them and undertake for them. Lord, remember us in this time together. O God, that this will be a season that is owned and blessed of God. Hear and answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 569 is our second hymn this morning. The hymn 569, the pages 406, So safe to the rock that is higher than I, my soul in its conflicts and sorrows would fly. So sinful, so weary, thine nine would I be, thy blessed rock of ages. I'm hiding in the 569 again we'll stand as we sing please. <laughs> continue to read through the Psalms. We come to Psalm number 7 this morning. Psalm number 7. This particular Psalm is entitled Shagion of David, which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush. The Benjamite. and the verse 1 of Psalm 7, the word of God says, O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me, and deliver me. Lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands... If I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yea, let him tread down my life upon the earth and lay mine honour in the dust, Selah. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies and awake. For me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people compass thee about. For their sakes therefore return now on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness. And according to my integrity that is in me. Let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. But establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and the reins. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made ready. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, he travaileth with iniquity, and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He made a pit and digged it, and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own path. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Amen. What a blessed Psalm, even to read together. What a comfort it is to know that the Lord is our refuge. And even as we come to God's Word a little later on in the book of Job, once again, to see the connection between the Psalm this morning even the verse that we're going to look at and how important it is to realize and to understand today that there is no refuge there is no salvation like that that is found in Jesus Christ and may each and every one of us know it personally in our own lives that God is our refuge and God is our strength let me welcome each and every one in the Savior's name this morning it's lovely to see you in the house of the Lord we do pray that the Lord will bless the Lord will meet with us And be with us today as we're in his house. Those that are visiting, uh, we do give you a special welcome. And we pray that the Lord will bless you even as you're with us uh, this morning. Let me remind you of the announcements uh, for today and for the incoming week. Immediately after the service this morning, uh, there is a time around the Lord's table. Remembering the Lord's death until he come. Uh, Let me invite and encourage all of God's people. Each and every one that is saved, each and every one that knows and loves the Lord, uh, to remain behind for that time around the Lord's table. Then this evening, once again, uh, there is the evening service at 7pm, and of course the season of prayer at half past six. And we do invite you and encourage you to come back again this evening. I'll be away in Dungannon, uh, speaking and testifying at their family and friends evening. uh, But in our place tonight, Mr. Aaron Fitzsimons will be here to preach. He is a licentiate of our denomination and we encourage you even to come along and support him, both with your presence and with your prayers. Can we mention as well after the evening meeting that there is a choir practice in the upper room in preparation even for Easter. The services end throughout the week, Monday night, Awana, 6.45 and Tuesday night, the children's meeting at 7pm. Continue as always to remember these works before the Lord that the Lord will bless them and give his blessing even upon them. Wednesday evening we meet for Bible study and for our time of prayer together and we invite and encourage God's people to come out and to study God's word with us and then even to come around the throne of grace in prayer. On Friday evening there is the next presbytery meeting for the members of session and it is in our Macrophil congregation at 8pm. And brethren we remind you of that saturday night will be our youth reach here in the church at half past seven and do continue to remember this work also before the lord that the lord will bless it and even undertake and help the one that speaks week by week and time by time that even those young people that are brought in will be saved by the gracious power of the lord it's hard to believe but we're drawing very nigh to the end if i'm right and saying this is the last meeting one more meeting and then there is the outing for them and that's the youth reach over uh, for another season then the services next Sunday in the will of the Lord uh, 10am the Sabbath school Bible class the regular times of worship half 11 and 7pm and of course the seasons of prayer uh, before both services I'll be here in the will of the Lord to conduct both of those meetings and next Sunday also being the first Sunday of the month there is a building fund offering that will be lifted then can we remind you again of the church dinner on friday the 8th of march and we have been mentioning this for the last number of weeks can i ask you today if you can possibly confirm today if you're coming and leave in your sheets they're there in the front porch if you haven't yet got one uh, please fill it in and get it back to our brother mervyn Barr as soon as you can but if you can confirm today uh, just to give mervyn a good idea of the numbers and so the preparations can start to be made even in relation to ordering of the food and the catering purposes please it is priced at 25 pounds per adult everyone aged 18 and under uh, their cost is fully covered by the church and so we're inviting and encouraging uh, both families young people older people alike uh, to come aside that night and to have that time of fellowship and to have that time together hopefully of good food the food's usually good when top-notch is doing it and we're looking forward even Uh, to uh, that then can we mention on behalf of our Lisburn congregation uh, this Saturday, Saturday the 3rd of March uh, they are opening their new church complex at 3pm and the moderator of our denomination Reverend Murray will be along to open that uh, new complex and also to preach the the word at that meeting and if you're free this Saturday afternoon at 3pm do go along and support our brethren and our sisters in Lisburn as they give thanks unto God, even for His hand upon them uh, during this time of building. Then continue to remember those of our congregation that are sick and laid aside at this time. Do continue to remember our brother Eric. He went through a, a procedure and thirsty. Uh, the doctors deemed it uh, that it was needed, and he came through it, and we're thankful for that. And just pray that the Lord will undertake in these days for him, strengthen him in his body and even soon that he'll be well enough to come home again. Do, of course, remember those that have uh, come through trials and treatments and operations over these months, uh, do pray for their continual recovery, uh, that the Lord will be near unto them, and for those of our brethren and sisters in nursing homes and unable to join with us as they once did. Let's take our hymn books, please, 280, as we lift our tithes and offerings this morning. The hymn 280. Uh, the page is nine. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let's remain seated for the first part of the hymn, please. Mm-hmm. You'd open your Bibles, the Book of Job and the Chapter 5. The Book of Job and the Chapter 5.
1: In
0: case you're wondering, did you miss a few weeks? Because last week we're in chapter 2 and suddenly we're in chapter 5. Well, I did mention it was never the intention to preach every chapter, but rather to pick some of the wonderful gospel texts that are found within this book. And so having finished laying the foundation last week, we're going to start looking at some of the texts. I have to be honest, this is something that I don't usually do. Something that I'm not very comfortable doing is preaching texts. I usually preach passages. I like to have a number of verses that I can work with. A number of verses, maybe a narrative to work on because... Whenever you're dealing with individuals and you're dealing with the narrative, you can bring out all the different doctrines that are within them, but whenever you're confined to one text, I find it a harder style of preaching personally. And so, yes, I believe the Lord has led me to do this study through the gospel text, but it is restricting myself, as it were, that I have to stay within the realms of one verse maybe a week when I say that we're going to look at two verses this morning because there has to be just that little bit to work on as it were but we're just going to read three verses from Job's uh, the book of Job in the chapter 5 the verse 6 it says although affliction cometh not forth of the dust neither doth trouble spring out of the ground yet man is born on to trouble as the sparks fly upward, I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. Verse 7 says, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I'm entitled the message this morning, Fiery Trouble. Fiery Trouble. Let's just ask the Lord to speak to us uh, through His word today. Father, with thy word open before us we come O god to sit at thy feet we come to hear not simply from a preacher we come to hear from thee it is the voice of god we long to hear within our hearts and we pray that that will be the case that will be the experience for each and every one today that god will speak that god will move in this meeting that god will apply the word as it needs to be applied to each and to every heart Oh God, we pray for the searching of the heart today. We pray for that honesty before God today. That man will accept, man will understand where he is before God. And there will be that working even for the salvation of souls in our midst. Oh Father, bless, we pray thee. Speak even now, empty us of self and of sin and fill us with thy spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we come again to sit down with Job as he is there amongst the ashes outside of the city. His health has been destroyed by the attacks of the devil. He's is covered in boils from head to toe, severe weight loss, the darkening of the skin, the scabs, all of those different health complaints that we mentioned last week. He has experienced them at this time. The three friends of Job have now arrived and sat down with him, Eliaphaz, Bildad, and Sophar. And for seven days and for seven nights, no one spoke. And then after those seven days, it was Job who spoke up. I thought to myself, well, if Job didn't speak, how long would they have sat for before eventually one of the three would have said something? Or maybe it would be the case that they never would have spoken. They would have simply after a while and after enough time passed, they would have just got up and walked off. Because seven days of looking upon their friend and all of his brokenness of heart and all of the brokenness even of his body, not one of them could muster a word to say. It was Job who spoke first. Chapter 3 is the opening words of Job. Then in chapter 4, and chapter 5, it is the first responder, as it were. Eliaphaz is the first to answer. Now it must be said as you go through all of the book of Job. And as you look at the different contributions of Eliaphaz, Bildad and so far, There are times when they are completely wrong in what they say. They get the wrong end of the stick, as it were. They completely misunderstand what has happened to Job. They will start to blame Job. They will start to even accuse Job and to say, Job, you must have sinned. You must be doing evil that all of this would happen to you, that your children would be taken, that your health would be taken, that your farm would be taken. All of these catastrophes upon you, it cannot be anything else than the judgment of God for your life. How wrong they were because you remember it was always God who said, this is a perfect and upright man. This is one who escheweth evil. This is one who doeth good. You know, you think of that just in passing. What a blessing it is to know for a child of God. And indeed for every one of us. That when it comes to standing before God, we will not be judged by man. Because how often man is wrong. We can look upon an individual and we can come to a conclusion about an individual. Maybe the way they're dressed or maybe the way they've acted or what you've heard about them. And we can cast a judgment upon them. And yet we've never walked a step in their shoes. We've never seen into the depths of their heart. We've never understood the thoughts of their mind. We have no idea where they are or what situation they're in. how often even we change. You see that all the time in the news. A positive opinion upon one person one day can very quickly change to a negative opinion the next day. You see it in sport. A manager does well one season and he's a great, let's build a statue for him the next season, he's doing terrible, let's kick him out. It just changes so quickly. But see, when you stand before God, God never makes a mistake. God understands every thought of your mind, every part of your heart. God understands every part of your life. He sees into the very depths. And He never gets it wrong. And He'll never misjudge. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Of course he will. He is a God who knows all things, He is a God who sees all things. Yes, Bildad, Eveliah, so far there are times when these men will speak, they will get it wrong. But there are times when these men will speak and they will bring forth little nuggets of treasure. Us to take and to store up in our hearts. Yes, their understanding of what has happened to Job and why it has happened to Job is limited. They don't understand what has happened in those conversations between God and the devil. They don't understand the boundaries that the devil has been allowed to push to. But God does permit these men to speak to Job. And God in his sovereign will does record their words in scripture for us. Not only to read but even to meditate upon. I mentioned in the introductory remarks of this book. That this is a book of poetry. And so once you come to chapter 3. And what follows the conversations is poetical language. And so as you come to the verses 6, 7, and 8, in Job chapter 5, whilst we're looking at poetical language, there is much to speak about, even in relation to trouble. And so there are two things I want to leave with you this morning. Firstly, the verse 7. There is a reality of trouble. The reality of trouble. It says man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. If you are alive today, and I trust you are all alive as you sit before me this morning, but each one of us at some stage in our life, even from our youngest days, we have experienced trouble. Trouble comes at various times of your life. Trouble comes in various ways in your life. But trouble will come to each and to every one of us. There is a marriage. There is an unbreakable connection between mankind and trouble. Each and every man and woman, each and every boy and girl at some stage in their life and even on a continual basis will have trouble. If you look up the dictionary, I always remember this from children's homeworks. There does come a time in the children's homeworks in primary school when they're sent home with little dictionaries and they have to not only learn how to spell the word, but then they have to learn the definitions of the word. Let me give you the definition of the word trouble. It means having difficulties or having problems, and it's something that we all experience. It's something that we have at every stage in our lives. Every step of our lives and it all comes in different shapes and sizes. You can have trouble, even in a newborn baby can kind have of trouble, can kind have of difficulties. You can have trouble in your childhood years, of course, you can get into trouble. In your childhood years. You can have trouble in your teenage years. Your adult years. Your elderly years. There's trouble in so many different ways. It can be trouble in terms of your health. It can be trouble in terms of your mind. It can be trouble in terms of the social around you. The educational. You can be having trouble in school. You can be having trouble in the home. You can be having trouble with your car. You can be having trouble in hundreds of thousands of different ways. But trouble comes. Thomas Watson, he says, life and trouble are married together. There's another commentator, he says, trouble-free living is not the lot of the children of Adam, even when they become the children of God. You see, each and every one of us experiences trouble at every single part. Man is born unto trouble, that's what Eliaphaz says. Job will repeat it in a different way. In Job 14, in verse 1, he says, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. No, it's an amazing thought. Out of all of the billions of people. That have ever lived upon this earth. Or are living now. Or will even live in the future. Out of all of the billions. There have only been two people. that have never, That have known what it is to experience life without trouble. Adam and Eve. They are the only two that have never experienced trouble in their lives. Because of course when they were born or whenever they were created, Adam was created out of the dust and Eve was created out of that rib of Adam. They were created into a troubleless world. They were created into a place where there was peace and serenity. There was tranquility everywhere. They had no trouble of mind. They had no trouble of heart. They had no trouble with anything in their lives. They were completely at peace. and then they ruined it and sin entered into the world they ruined it by sinning against God and so everyone since that stage whether you live for 969 years like Methuselah or you live for 9 seconds there's trouble even our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ had trouble in his life when he was born, he was laid in that manger for a time, yes. But then the vision came even to Joseph. Joseph, get Mary and get the child out. There is desires to kill them and so the trouble was coming. So Joseph and his haste had to get Mary and the be of Christ even down to the land of Egypt. During his ministry there was trouble. There were those who sought to attack him. There were those who sought to destroy him. There were those who sought to cast him off of the cliffs. There were those who sought to ever be against him. There was trouble in his death. The opposition, the attacks were there. There was trouble in his burial. They set guards even around the tomb. They set the seal in the tomb because there was a convincing even of the Romans and of the Jewish leaders at that time. They're going to come and steal away his body in the night. And so there's constantly that trouble, that aggression even against him. My friend, trouble is real. It's not something that you go and pick up. That's what it says even in the verse 6. It's not something that cometh forth from the dust. It's not something that springeth up out of the ground. Trouble is within all of us. A child doesn't go out one day and just harvest trouble. Trouble still comes. Yes, it's true. People can make trouble for themselves sometimes. Maybe they say something, maybe they make silly decisions in their life and trouble will naturally come because of what they said or what they've done. But trouble does come to everyone. Trouble comes in many different ways. A child can be born into a war-torn country. A family can find themselves struggling to survive in the midst of famine think even of Jacob and his family there they were in the promised land famine, kill so they constantly had to be going down into Egypt for their food trouble comes trouble comes to all whether you have the money or the misery whether you have the comfort or whether you have the poverty you will have trouble That's a reality. Man is born onto trouble. Because man is born in trouble. Man is born in sin. (coughs) Regardless of how beautiful or how perfect you think the little baby to be. You have your children born or grandchildren. You see them for the very first time and you're holding them. I can remember when my boys were born the first thing I did was count make sure they all had ten digits I always had this thought in my head if I counted and what if there's six in one hand what am I going to do with the extra one and I remember seeing their tiny little perfect nails their little hands and their little arms, their legs, everything I was reminded of the story there was a minister on one occasion went to visit a family a couple that had just had a newborn baby and he came into the room, and Granny was there as well. And between the mummy and the Granny, they were just, Oh, Reverend, just look, isn't his little, look at his little hands, and look at his little, Oh, look at the wee dimples and the cheeks, and Oh, isn't he just the wee hairs just sitting perfect? And this went on and on and on and on, and it never seemed to stop. And Eventually, the minister just turned around and goes, Yeah, he's not bad looking for a sinner, sure he's not. And you've seen the faces drop. You you might think that rude, but in a sense there is a truth to it. Even the little baby, there's sin already in the heart. Even whenever that little one starts to crawl around the house, they're going to get in trouble. They're going to go for mummy's ornaments. They're going to go and touch those things. They're not going to touch. They're going to try and put the things in their mouth. They're not going to put in their mouth. They're going to find trouble because troubles are already in their heart it doesn't matter where you go it doesn't matter who the parents are it doesn't matter what you instruct them the trouble's there because we've all sinned we've all fallen short of the glory of God yes there's trouble around us but my friend always remember there's trouble within us every man is born unto trouble and every man is born in trouble You think of the words of the psalmist, David, in Psalm 51. The context for that particular psalm is Nathan the prophet has just come and highlighted to him his sin and highlighted even that sin with Bathsheba. And so he comes, Nathan the prophet, and he tells uh, David and then David is convicted of his sin at that time and he repents. And he writes Psalm 41. He says in the verse 3, he says, My sin is ever before me. In the verse 5 he says I was shaped in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. He's not talking about the coming together of the the mother and the father in conception. But rather he's saying that from the beginnings. Even within the womb the sins are already there. The iniquities are already there. The troubles are already there. And so when he was born he came forth. There was trouble in his heart. There was sin. It's ever before him. It's ever in him. That's what Job's saying whenever he says it in verse or chapter 14 in the verse 1. That's what Eliaphaz is saying here in this passage. There's sin and there's trouble. Even as the sparks are flying upward, there's trouble in my heart. Of course, they're sitting there, maybe over those seven days of sitting in silence. The men would have came down to the rubbish. They would have came with all of the dirt from the city, came down to the skip area, and they would have just thrown it all, and then they would have let it. And even in those seven days and seven nights of silence, maybe they just glanced around, and there's all of the rubbish. There's the flames. The flames always went up. There's all of the sparks from the rubbish burning. The sparks always went up. And they're even looking upon that, and they're realizing every single flame goes upward. Every single spark goes upward. And every single one of us is trouble. my friend this morning that is a reality for you and that is a reality for me we're born in trouble there's trouble within us there's sin within us we all fell in Adam we all sinned there's a reality of trouble but secondly and finally the verse 8 there is a refuge from trouble Because Eliaphaz goes on and he says, I would seek unto God, unto God would I commit my cause. Eliaphaz makes it very clear, there's only one to turn to. There's only one to trust in. Trouble brings strife, it brings misery, trouble brings danger, trouble even brings disaster. And we need one to whom we can run We need one to whom we can shelter and We need one to whom we can find that safety and that security. And Eliaphaz makes it very clear. I would seek God. With all of this trouble, with all of the anguish, with all of the heartache, I would seek God. I wouldn't turn to anyone else. I would turn to God. I would run to him. You see, each and every one today, there's only one to shelter in. There's only one to find that safety in. It's the rock, Christ Jesus. We sang the opening psalm this morning, Psalm 46, verse 1. The Lord is my refuge and my strength, the very present help in trouble. We can think of the words of John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Don't simply survive and live on in your trouble, but rather come to Christ. Believe in Him. Where is the protection? Where's that security? Where's that safety from the trouble of your own sin? It's found in Christ alone. Where's the protection from the wrath of God from your sin? It's found in Christ alone young minister was out walking one day through a gorge and he was walking down into the valley and he was enjoying the beautiful scenery that was all around him and as he continued to walk, enjoyed all of the scenery, all of the sounds, he didn't realize above his head was all of the storm clouds. The rain started to fall. and Very quickly that rain turned into torrents of rain. He realized he was in great danger and he looked over to the side and there was a cleft in the rock. A little area that he could get into and be safe. And so he ran over to it and he got in below that cleft in the rock. And he's there and he's listening to the torrents of rain that are continuing to come down. And all of the flashes of lightning and he's listening to the roar of the thunder. And it impressed upon him in that very moment the joy and the peace and the safety because there was all of the storms there's all of the sheets of rain coming down there's the flashes of lightning and the roar of thunder and yet he's safe why? because he's in the rock and he went straight home after that storm was passed and he sat down and he wrote rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee." That minister then gave that poem, that little verse of the poem to Augustus top lady. And Augustus top lady penned a hymn that we sang together. Because that man realized in that moment the danger, the trouble he was in. And yet there's a place of safety. And he hid in it. You know, sometimes that point of the gospel is lost in individuals. You see, whenever Christ suffered and bled and died upon the cross, he purchased so much for his people. Yes he paid the debt yes he satisfied the wrath of god yes the justice of god was fulfilled because christ took our sin in his own body upon the tree and he died the just for the unjust that that satisfaction of the wrath might appear or appear and that we might be reconciled but there's so much more to this cross and there's so much more to the gospel than just sins forgiven there's security See, we need to emphasize not just the saving power, but the keeping power. See, when you come to Christ in repentance, believe in Him and for salvation, He not only saves, He keeps you. He's a shelter to you. He's a security to you. You have that picture, even in Egypt, and I was rejoiced even to hear it being prayed this morning, and the pyramid and the angel of death came. For the firstborn. And whenever they saw the blood upon the doorpost. What happened? The angel of death he passed on. Why? Because everyone under the doorpost. Everyone within the home was saved. And was safe. You have the picture down in in Jericho. Whenever Joshua comes to take over. And all of the walls fall down flat. But you have Rahab's house. The scarlet thread is hanging in the window. Everyone within the house of Rahab. Safe. Why? Because of protection. See everyone that's under the blood, you're not only saved, you're secure. Christ himself promised, yes, those that have their sins forgiven, praise God, are forgiven. But he says, John ten twenty eight, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Whenever you're in the hand of God, there's nothing, there's not a principality, there's not a power. Not even the devil himself can ever pry you out of God's hand. You're safe. You think of that wonderful passage, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 speaks so much of salvation. But don't miss the fact it speaks about security. Because it tells us in verse 10 it says in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ. There's coming a time all of the children of God are gathered together and there's not one's lost regardless whether you were saved back in Abraham's time or regardless if you're saved today all of the children of God from all of the generations are kept on to God forever and one day we will stand with God before God forever and not one not one will ever be lost because they're in his hand no, I often think of that in relation. Sadly, you think of that disease that comes upon many today. Not of dementia. People lose in their mind in terms of they don't understand or remember anything. It happens even to Christians. Their memory, their understanding, don't know family, don't know anybody around them. Sometimes even the language that then will come out of some individual's it's not that of a Christian and you think to yourself and you wonder what about them because look where they are now and once they were saved no, no 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 once you're saved you're always saved and no one ever takes you out of the hand of God not even a disease or a sickness you're under the rock Christ Jesus and you're hidden and you're kept and you're preserved you know I think as well in Ephesians 1 that says in verse 13. After that ye believe there's your salvation. It goes on to say you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There's a security. Because you're not only saved by Christ but then you're sealed into Christ. That whenever the Father looks upon you he doesn't see you. He sees his Son Christ. And you're never separate. He is the only one who can save us from the trouble of our sin. It's Christ. He's the only one who can protect us from the trouble of our sin. It's Christ. What did Moses say to the Israelites before he died? Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. 27 The eternal God is thy refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, what a saviour! What a shelter! Trouble's real because sin is real. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death to everyone. But, my friend, there is a refuge. His name is Jesus. He can be your Savior and He will be your security. you know I think of those verses and that verse in Proverbs 18 and verse 10 it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and are safe only the saved are safe you see my friend if you're in your sin today understand the pearl you're in because the wrath of God therefore comes down upon those that die outside of Christ. There is no shelter, there is no security. Now I think of those verses over in Revelation, and the cry that goes up pleading for rocks to fall upon people to hide them from the coming God nothing nothing protects a sinner from God nothing but the child of God who dies in Christ is sheltered beneath the rock Oh there's trouble. But to die in Christ, there's triumph. Let me ask the question as we close today. Are you safe? Are you saved? Are you in Christ? Man is born unto trouble. As the sparks fly upward? What about the trouble of your soul? Has it been dealt with? Well, my friend, today there is only one who can provide a shelter. And you must come to him. You need to come to him. And you need to come now. Let's have a word of prayer as we close. Father in heaven, we bow before thee. We acknowledge, O oh God, the trouble that's in our hearts because of sin. But we thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour and the shelter. And we pray, O oh God, this day that thou wilt speak on, encourage thy people. God, give them that joy, that peace in their hearts to know that they are safe in the arms of Jesus. But, O Father, we pray for those that are unsaved. That Thou, O God, wilt have mercy upon them. That even this day will be the day when they run. They run to Christ. And they hide and they shelter beneath the cleft of the rock. Bless us now, we pray thee. Bless us as we come around thy table. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our hymn books, please. 572 we'll sing together. A wonderful saviour is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful saviour is he. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure i see i'll go to the door at the end of the first verse and we invite encourage god's people to remain those that are upstairs of course coming down if i could ask just do you remember the spread out of the pews those in the middle pews if you move into the middle so that we can get everyone in and of course the stewards will be there to help in regards to getting everyone seated thank you